political turmoil and unrest have dominated our news feeds and, and social media feeds. It's been a conversation that we've been having w- with so many people. And, it, and it's just been such a mentally uh, taxing week uh, for everyone and so many others as we've been afraid and, and fearful of our friends and family in and, and so many places around our country. It has been a difficult week for us. Our emotions have been all over the place as we have been trying to make sense of what's happening. How do we respond? How do we think? How do we feel and act towards the events that we have seen unfold over the past week? But I'm so thankful that we have the living, active Word of God that speaks directly into all situations but also speaks so directly into this particular situation that we are experiencing at the moment. So we are looking at a passage of scripture in John 17. And you can go ahead and bookmark it because we're going to be here for a few weeks still. This is a very important passage of scripture. This is what's known as Jesus' high priestly prayer, the last prayer that he prays before he goes to the cross. This is a very difficult, hard period for Jesus as he is wrestling with what it means to go to the cross, to be our sin offering, to die on the cross in our place for our sins. And what we see here is he spends so much time in prayer, in the build-up to this critical, pivotal moment in all of history, we see how much of Jesus' heart is revealed in these words recorded in John 17. His last prayer, his high priestly prayer, these final words carry so much significance for us, for the church, for today, as they reveal so much of his heart and about who he is and his desire for us. As we read the next part of the the, the passage today, again, I just want to remind you of a little bit of the historical context around the time that Jesus is in and and with what he is going to be doing. Right now, he is in Jerusalem, in Israel, who are under Roman occupation. There is political unrest. There is political turmoil. There are soldiers on the streets. This wasn't a new thing for them. This is the kind of context that they were living in. And it was about to get a little bit harder for the believers as Jesus is publicly arrested, beaten and executed for our sins in our place on the cross. As he uh, goes and does and completes his mission and then the disciples are left to carry on and build the church. And Jesus is now going to be praying. And in this section, we see him praying for his disciples. So let's pick up and read together from verse 6. It says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now that they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. 
and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but would protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, there is a, a whole lot going on in, in those verses, which we're not going to have all the time in the world to go right into and dive into every single thing in this passage. But what I want to do up front is to clarify some terms. Here, Jesus is talking about his disciples. We are very comfortable with the word Christians and not so much the term disciple. But here's something that I find very interesting. And here very quickly in Acts, verse, Acts chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. This I find so interesting. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So this is interesting and I don't want to create any confusion here. See, because from this moment on, some names start to change and become interchangeable as the story unfolds through the rest of the New Testament. Jesus called the 12 disciples. Then after Jesus leaves and he ascends to heaven, they start to use their name apostles and everybody else is called disciples. And then as we see further on a number of years later in Acts 11, this term Christian starts to come into the picture. And I know that we would like the term Christian more, uh, it's an easier term to use than the word disciple. It kind of conveys a level of intensity that we all, oh, you know, those are, that, that's for, you know, super Christians. They, they're disciples. You, you know, that's a level of intensity that I'm not quite comfortable with. But the reality is that if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, the term that should be used is that of disciple. And if we think Christian, we should think disciple. And anything that is inferred to a disciple is inferred to a Christian, which is true for you and for me if we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so in a very brief argument, if you are a Christian, you should think of yourself as a disciple. 
And so as we look at these words and, and this prayer that Jesus is praying for the disciple, it is important to note that Jesus is praying specifically for the twelve. Most times Jesus prays and a lot of the prayers we can go, okay, well, this is implied to me as well. And in the next section of the prayer, Jesus is going to be praying for everyone else. But he takes some time to pray for the unique relationship and the unique role of the twelve. This doesn't mean that we just disregard all uh, of these words and go, these don't apply to me. No, we see some very important things which we can take from this as disciples ourselves. We're not the original 12, but we are still disciples. And so there are things by implication that are true for us still in this passage as followers of Jesus. See, the role that Jesus had with the 12 was very unique. Jesus had a public ministry of about three and a half years. At the start of it, he called some people to follow him. Now, it's not an exact science. We, we can't work it out perfectly. But there, there's a lot of thought that goes into just the time breakdown of Jesus' three years of public ministry. While he was preaching, while he was with the crowds, while he was with um, uh, all of the, the people that were gathered around him, was maybe, give or take roughly, about a year and a half to two years worth of time in his public ministry. The rest of the time, about a year and a half, he spent exclusively with the twelve, traveling together, walking, learning, living together. That was a foundational time, and uh, we often talk about the twofold mission of Jesus. The first being the obvious one. He was our sin offering, the, the cross, where he won the victory over sin, shame, and death. Where he restored to us the relationship with the Father. But running parallel to that was his training of the disciples. What's very interesting in um, Jewish culture, they had rabbinic tradition. Rabbis um, would call some promising young students and they would say, come and follow me. And they would follow for a number of years the rabbi and they would learn from his life. And when the rabbi uh, felt that they were ready, they would release them into their own ministry as rabbis. And here Jesus has done something similarly by calling the disciples, uh, very different unschooled fishermen, very different ragtag bunch of young guys. But he invested his life into them. We see that in uh, the passage where Jesus is saying to God, I did the job. You gave them to me. I gave them your words. They believed everything that uh, I have told them, I gave them your words, and now I am sending them back into the world. I'm going, I'm coming to you, Father, but I am sending them into the world. And here we see that in um, Matthew 28. And again, such a foundational passage for us. Then... Uh, from verse 6 in Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. This is the post-resurrection of Jesus. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. 
when Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So we see two very, very important things in this passage. The first one is how the disciples are for the world. This is a very important term and it's very important for us at Riverside. Our core slogan, our our heartbeat is to be for the world and to be for the king. You see, this tension exists for us that we are not of the world anymore. What happens is the moment we come to faith in Jesus Christ and we become new creations, the old is gone, the new has come. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we become slaves to righteousness. We leave uh, this, uh, the, the nature of this world and we become part of the kingdom of God here on earth. See, we uh, belong to something else now. But we don't leave the world behind. That's the tension. We're still here. And we don't go hide in caves. We don't remove ourselves from the world. We just now shift in our posture to be not of the world, but to be for the world. And that is a very important difference. We don't engage in the patterns and the behaviors of the world. We engage in the patterns and the behaviors of the kingdom of God on this world. And our behavior is for the world. And with that comes the sentness of the disciples. They had a mission. We see that in Matthew 28. Go into all the world. Make disciples. Teach them my word. Tell them the good news of the gospel. Be the hands and feet of me, Jesus, as you grow and establish the kingdom on earth. That's your mission. Go make disciples who can go make disciples who can go make disciples. They had the unique role of being the energy, the starting, the birthing of a movement that we are part of right now today. The only reason I'm standing here preaching to you is because somebody told me the good news of Jesus Christ and then taught me how to obey. Taught me how to read my Bible. Taught me how to um, act out the truths of scripture and to put it into practice in my life. I am the product of a long line of older Christians who invested in me and shaped me and taught me God's word that have enabled me to be the loving hands and feet of Jesus in my community. See, to be a disciple is to be sent into the world and to have a posture of being for the world and for the king. Jesus understands the importance and that's why he's praying for their protection he's praying that God would look after them and protect them because of how much is at stake the world needed disciples the world still needs disciples the mission of the 12 did not end when they went to glory the mission exists always the mission ends only at the glorious return of Jesus Christ when he comes to make all things new. 
But until that moment happens, disciples are sent into the world and to be for the world, to take the mission of Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ into places of hurting and brokenness where people don't know about Jesus, where people need hope and light and love. And so what we're seeing here is Jesus' heart for the disciples in light of the mission. He is so concerned about them, which is why he takes our time to pray specifically for them. He's praying about how they are for the world, how they are sent with the mission. And then one of the last things he prays for is their sanctification. He uses the word sanctify them. Now, we sometimes use these bigger words in church, and ultimately what that means is to be transformed ever more into the full likeness of Jesus Christ. And so he knows what's at stake. He knows what he has set them up for, what he's invested in them, what he has taught them is for them to uh, model Jesus, the fullness of Jesus in the world, being for the world on the mission that they have. And this is where it really gets down to you and I. You see, that mission still exists. And so while this is a prayer, and again, Steve uh, taught uh, us this last week. And if you missed the first one, go back and, 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 and catch it up. It's so important to see how all of this started. But we pray about so many things. And right now, there are a lot of things to be praying for. And, and it's important to be praying for our country, to be praying for what's going on, to be praying for our needs and our families. But how often are you praying about your role as a disciple? How often are you praying about being sent into the world and being for the world. See, those are, uh, are quite dangerous things to be praying. See, how often do we add to our praying, Jesus, transform me by the power of your Holy Spirit so that I can be more like you? I want to tell you about praying some of these things is that these are going to be prayers that Jesus is going to answer. If we pray, Jesus, make me more like you, and we pray that in faith, that is going to come. Jesus is going to answer that prayer and make us more like him. Again, if we are praying, Jesus, help me to be aware of how I'm sent. Jesus, help me be more aware of my surroundings. Help me be more for the world. Those are going to be prayers that Jesus is going to answer. And this is something that we as a church get to step into. Again, we are well aware of the crisis that is uh, been gripping our country. But these problems have been around for a while. They have just reached uh, kind of like a, a high water mark as, as, as the frustrations and some of the pressures economically and some of the, the dire situations that so many South Africans live in just escalated this week. The violence has maybe calmed down, but poverty still remains. Hopelessness still remains. The need for the gospel still remains. 
and the mission still remains. So one of the things that I'm so aware of as I read these words is my own sentness to be for the world and what that means and how I should be praying about my role in the mission of the church that God has called us to here in the south of Joburg. How am I living out my sentness? How am I praying about the opportunities that God has given me? How am I praying for God to fill me with faith so that I can be his hands, his feet, that I can speak his words, his gospel to those who need it? See, my neighbor is part of the mission. My neighbor is part of who I am sent to with regards to going into all the world with the gospel. My community is part of my mission, who I am sent to, to take the love of Jesus and the words of Jesus to. In fact, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, these all apply to you. And I want to encourage you, as we see these words, while they were specifically to the twelve, and as they moved from being disciples to apostles and led the early church, The mission still exists and the sentness of disciples is still um, what we are called to do. And I want to encourage you as we start to end uh, this, uh, this message. You're a disciple. And so you are called to be for the world. You're called to be for the king. You have been sent with the good news of Jesus to be his hands and his feet to the community. If you want to know how to start doing that, I think when the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest command? And Jesus' reply was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, if we start to step into those kinds of behaviors, we're going to be more effective as a disciple. Taking our devotion to the Lord seriously, loving him, obeying his word, putting ourselves under the authority of scripture, having ourselves transformed into his likeness, praying the prayer, Jesus, make me more like you. Jesus, make me a better father, make me a better husband, make me a better friend. Jesus, help me obey scripture better by faith. I want to be more like you. We will in turn be a better disciple and we'll be better on mission if we're praying that prayer. To say, Jesus, I am going out into public. Today I've got some errands to run. Jesus, I know that I'm always on mission. Give me opportunities. Holy Spirit, make me sensitive to who are around me. That I might talk to them, pray for them, encourage them. Guys, people are hurting. We've been in a long period of a very, very hard season. People need to be encouraged. And I know we need to be safe. I know we need to be cautious because of the pandemic that we're in. It doesn't stop us from being on mission though. And praying, God, give me an opportunity to encourage someone while I'm out in public today. That's a great prayer to be praying. 
cashiers, people in the queues, people around you, so many people that we can talk to and share the words of Jesus. Stepping it up a level with what you heard in the branch out announcement. Going, I know I'm scared. But there's so many people who are hurting and who've lost everything. I'm going to go and love them by joining up a cleanup operation. I'm going to bring a broom. I'm going to bring a black bag. And I'm going to clean. And I'm going to love people. You know what? We don't have much. We've given um, this month. But you know what? We're going to put a little bit extra because people are going to need food. That's stepping into the mission. That's being more in line with the sentness of being a disciple. Loving, caring, sharing, actively involved in people's lives. And Jesus knows how important the mission is. It's again, so I take so much time and he so intently prays for the disciples. And I want to pray for you, church. I want to pray that you would understand and step into what God has called you to in just being a disciple. That your street is your mission field. That your community is there for you to witness to them about the resurrection of Jesus. That where there is a need, we get to meet the need. Because we whom God has sent to the south of Johannesburg. Where we get to live out the mandate of being for the world and for the king. Jesus, I am so thankful for your living, active word. I'm so thankful that we get to take the encouragement of being sent into the world to be for the world, especially into the dire situation that we have in our country right now. God, by faith, won't you well up in us uh, a desire to love more, to care more, to reach out more. God, help us to replace fear with faith as we step out and love people like you love people. God, with the empowering of your Holy Spirit, help us to be bold and to tell people how much you love them. And to tell them about the hope of the resurrection and what it can mean in their lives. God, thank you that you have put us on mission that you have sent us to go and make disciples, that you have given us and commissioned us to the world and to be for the world. In your holy name, amen. I really want to encourage you. Take a positive step in some form of action that I have shared in this message. Even if it's a phone call, a WhatsApp, some form of message to someone, share with them the love of Jesus, encourage them, go out and be positive and do something in line with being sent to the world in the mission that God has called you to.